Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hi, guys. And this is Lisa Freitas, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, guys. It's Katie. And we are recapping Season 6, Episode 2 of 90 Day Fiance. It's called Young and Restless. And the original air date is October 28th, 2018. Um, and this is one of these like really long episodes where there's yeah. no indication of why. Like I, I take issue with this. I think that they need to be more consistent. They don't care. This is this is like a so such a low rent production. It's so low rent, which is so weird because I heard, <laughs> and this has not been fact checked, of course. But at least for at least before the 90 days, which is not 90 Day Fiance, but I think they probably have similar, certainly overlapping fan bases, including yours truly. Apparently, I heard, I think, Before the 90 Days is the number one rated cable show. Or it was this season when it yeah, was on. But they haven't caught up yet. Like, but how just... is that possible? It's like, get your acts together. I think TLC needs to like hire Andy Cohen away from Bravo. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. It's like a real power play. You know? It is. I mean, they're really Mergers competing. and acquisitions. Well, you know, it, it's going to shake up Bravo a lot because... Uh, a lot of people are now getting ta- like bored of the Housewives. That's what they were saying on Bitch Sesh. Yeah, they're really week. getting bored. And... I am. I definitely am. I like. I frequently will find myself now putting off watching the Housewives because I'm just like, mm-hmm. actually, I prefer to watch old seasons of Housewives. And I said this You're last right. week. Like, I'm I'm currently on season five of New York, just like barreling through the whole thing, and it's so much better, mm-hmm. even than current New York. I mean, yeah. you know, the, mo- the most recent New York, which was such a good season. And I'm wondering if it's because the same people have been on for so... Like, there are certain people that have been on for so long that they kind of know how this works now. It's too stale. And it's too stale. It's too staged. It's too... Like, yeah. Vicky, you know, it, the OC is so boring now. The um, OC is so boring, even though they know what they're doing. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, those are, like, very seasoned people. But I think TLC is sort of, like, surprised by... The, the attention because oh, I'm sure. before the nine days is relatively new and well, this, got, is, this season is season six, six and it's barely day. getting traction now it's starting to get that's some true. traction that's so true. but i kind of like that it's got this like dodgy um affect and i kind of like that you don't know how long it's gonna be <laughs> It kind of reflects like the the couples, you know. It's yeah. just a little sketchy, but you want more, you know. <laughs> totally. Like they're not a little questionable. They're not quite professionals. They're oh no, no. They're just like <laughs> they're I not mean, even close. They, they're like those people that like Jimmy Fallon or like Jimmy Kimmel go on the street and yes. <laughs> like pick yeah. up random people. And it's ask almost them like candid camera style. Yeah, it's like it's almost like Jimmy Kimmel went out and did like a you know, word on the street sort of in interview yeah. and ran into these people. And it's, was they're like, so oh, unstudied, which I think is sure. refreshing, especially for like longtime reality enthusiasts. You yeah. Know? It does make it a little bit harder to poke fun at them because, I think so too. you know, they aren't the, they don't know what they've gotten themselves into. I'm going to make that claim as, Although as, I, as an opinion. I will say, and I'm sorry to you listeners, but I feel like it's season six. By yeah. now, if you're on the show, 
you know how it's going. If you watched previous seasons. Yeah, but if you're going to be on a show and you're on season six of that show, like, shouldn't you know what you're getting yourself into? What if they don't have cable? Well, then you know what? It's too bad. So sad. Especially the foreigners. <laughs> I mean, the foreigners may have yeah. had no actual opportunity to, I mean, for example, I'm obsessed with the Great British Baking Show, and even in this day and age, okay, of technology and streaming, there is literally no way that I have found to watch the old seasons of Great British Baking Show that only aired in Britain. Yeah. Like, there are, like, cross-country, like, copyright or whatever issues, I imagine, mm-hmm. that are preventing access. Yeah. So, to say nothing of the Americans, who may or may not have had cable, I'm just saying, like, these people are deeply unstudied, and I believe really, really don't understand what they've got themselves into. And it makes it sad, and it makes it... I personally feel like I need to be careful about the way that I speak about them. Well, okay. I feel bad. I, I know you do, and I I feel a little bad. But the thing is, I'm not really making fun of the foreigners as much as I am about the Americans. Well, that's and quite true. quite frankly, what I have noticed about the American population is everybody has cable or computer access or internet access regardless of their socioeconomic place. I don't like, think that's true. But I have seen people in like very low come low income low socioeconomic areas who have like better phones and like every sort of like video game console and I mean I've seen it in my kids. My older son was friends with somebody when he was younger and it was like a struggling mom with these two kids. And I felt, you know, we used to always have them over for playdates because I felt like she needed a break. She yeah, was doing this all on her nice. own and everything. And she was really struggling to make ends meet. And this kid was talking about all the PlayStation he had and the Xbox and he had a Game Boy. And my stepson was like frustrated because we're like, no, we're not getting you a phone. And we're not getting you a DS or whatever it was that he had. And he was talking about his friend who had all of these things. Okay, but let's assume for the sake of argument that every single one of these people on this show has seen every other season of it because they have access. Yeah. Okay, let's just take that as a given just for argumentation. I'm, I'm going to take that as a given and I'm going to make fun of everybody. I still feel badly for them. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's like, what if they, you know, what if they're just so deeply, uh, you know, kind of unsophisticated I want to say mm-hmm. and therefore that they just don't have the tools maybe maybe to kind of that's protect it. themselves or project themselves even accurately much well, then less I think well. that we are a good compliment I agree you can keep me nicer and you can keep and me I can meaner. maybe bring you bring out the mean in you and I am naturally a very very vicious person <laughs> so everyone <laughs> should know that I really feel the need to come clean even at this early juncture, I am a truly terrible human being. So as I attempt to like, you know, basically anything I say on this show in my mind, it's like 85 times darker and meaner (laughs) and harsher. So this is like the most tempered version of me. And the reason that I do it that way, and actually Lisa and I recorded some earlier episodes of this podcast when we first started and I had to go back and delete them because I was so horrified at what I was saying. And, And the reason is because... I think it's one thing to talk just like, for example, even just me and Lisa privately, you know, without broadcasting it to the world, I think we can take a different tone than when we are presenting ourselves to the world because you people don't know us, Yeah, you know, and I, and you I, only have this to judge us by, which is scary. And I totally hear that, but no, you do you girl. I will, because I think that this also speaks to the fact that Katie is young and, you know, idealistic and, and she's thoughtful 
I'm just too old for that. I, I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> okay, <so>. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna tell how it is because I really don't have time to to like. We're the best team ever. Think ahead. Then. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's get started because this episode is full of just material. I mean, yes, yes. So we start with Cole and Larissa, and Deb, his mom, pulls up to pick him up from work. And what a hoopty, by the way. He looks like a a freaking Dilbert cartoon. It was tough. It was (laughs) tough to watch him. I felt the cameraman did him dirty following him from the building to their car. Because, and tell me if you guys cannot relate to this, but I'm sorry. Let's say for the sake of argument, I am, you know, my husband will frequently do like a drive-by for me. He'll drive me to the library, okay? And yes, I actually rent DVDs from the library. So for all of you, because apparently I don't have access to cable in, in, in direct contravention of your you're like You're like my 74-year-old dad. <laughs> I am, he, gets, he gets DVDs from the library too. So maybe actually that's why I want to be nice to, to Cole because I too am just like such a dorkist. Um, but I, I take out all my books and movies from the library as one does and if you're not doing it get on that folks because it's free and your tax <laughs> dollars are paying for it anyway anyway okay psa for the library in your local town so i will frequently go he'll like my husband will like stop the car you know we'll be on the way somewhere else i'll run out i'll jump out and like put the dvds we're returning in the box and then come back and every single time without fail i get this like very self-conscious feeling as i'm walking back to the car of like Mm. how am i looking walking back to the car right now is my husband looking at me are my legs doing something weird as i walk you know what i mean like this is this speaks to our age difference because i could give a shit okay perfect but i (laughs) know but i know but i get it but that's how i felt watching colds because i was like that yeah there was so m- much cringe yes, in this it was episode. Cringe. It was, yeah. But I just, I was like, dude, he looked, I'm like, what does he remind me of? Dilbert. He reminds me of Dilbert. How come they, they have those shoes, you know, like a lot of, and I hate to say this, but like geeky guys that I yeah. knew, let's say in college. Or like my husband. They, oh, well, no, he doesn't wear these shoes. These are like the very large looking yeah. white, they look oh, like flippers. Type. Yeah, like yeah. The, I don't know if they're Reeboks or, or what it is, but I'm like can't you just go to a Nike store and have somebody who knows anything about how sneakers should look yeah. fit you for something? Yeah. It's like the low rent tech guys. It, 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 was, it did have kind of like a computer guy look yeah. to it. And actually, yeah. Anyway, so we had that. So, he gets in the car. His mom's picking him up. And it turns out it's because they share the car. Which, well, of I mean, course. We they can't criticize about, them No, no, no. That. I'm sorry. The vehicle. <laughs> does he really say vehicle? All the time. He doesn't know how to say car. He says... The ve- we share a vehicle. That's actually geographically specific because I lived in Alaska for a year and everybody there says vehicle. Well, you know, so I, it's, I, I think it's actually like a cultural thing. To be fair, I think for Debbie, I think it's that she is, I, I don't know whether she worked when she was married to his dad, mm-hmm. but when his dad died, I think it left her in a very financially stunted place. Oh. And I think that's part of why she's living with Colt. Oh, that's um, sad. So I think he probably financially supports her Maybe to some degree. Her. But I also think that Colt's motivation for living with his mom is, of course, to take care of her. But there's also just a creepy relationship issue there that goes beyond just being financially supportive oh, of your family there's members. No so, quite, and beyond that, like not just financially supportive. He says, quote, Maybe we're a little too close. But uh, a man's first best friend is his mother. No. Is that true? No. 
I have a son. Like, I definitely don't anticipate ever being his best friend. No, I mean, okay. Serious question. Are Colt and Debbie sleeping together? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I mean, it's weird. I just feel like they're so weird. And he does this creepy, like, eyebrow thing in his um, confessionals where he, like, I can't do it because I don't have that... Whatever that gene is that allows you to like you raise one eyebrow. One? Yeah, see, you got it. He does one. I didn't one know there were people that didn't have that. <laughs> You've met one. I, I don't have that gene. I didn't know that was a gene. I can't do, no, it's, it's the same thing. Like, did you know that some people can't curl their tongue? I knew that. Yeah, it's like that. The curling the tongue thing. Um, Lisa and I are going to take a short break now and just like just <laughs> take a poll of each other. <laughs> Feel free to write in. With move your, your ears. I can move my ears. I can't move my ears. See? Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. I can't do it. So All right, okay. we have... Okay. Anyways, and then he talks very like monotone and quiet. I mean, he sounds like a serial killer. He sounds a little bit emotionally... Um, lacking stunted shall we say which is interesting given that he is so close to his mom you know like you i do get the impression sometimes with adults that they haven't cut the apron strings you know and oh, and, and they are this sort of like living the, as children in a way. and i'm not saying that's example. him but but he is i mean like just to have your mom just you know pick you up and drop you like you can't find a friend at work that can just drop you off at home well but it's not just about him not being able to find a friend we have to keep in mind this woman appears to be completely dependent on him yeah they've got a very codependent relationship but they may not actually it may be that she's dependent on him and that he's not dependent on her and that this thing with larissa is him finally saying okay this isn't enough for me because of course i'm not sleeping with my mother and i need somebody to like have sex with and of course they do end up getting into that discussion and that was truly awkward. awkward. Especially when the mom was like, oh yeah, well maybe I'll be having gentlemen callers myself. And it's like, no, you're not. I don't, but no, she absolutely is not. And quite frankly, I, I don't know. I think you could be onto something there about her being dependent, but him not being so. Yeah. But I think we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that when Larissa moves in, that maybe he'll transfer the dependence that he has on his mom to make his meals, do his laundry, clean his house drive him to work, whatever, will be will be transferred on to Larissa. And it will then become her job to do all of these things for him. Unless he's actually totally capable and willing to do those things himself and that he's been letting his mom cater to him this way to make her feel better about not having a husband anymore to cater to. I, I He could I, be like the best son in the world, in yeah. other words. And I actually I doubt it, it, but yeah, you, it could be. I didn't think it was really sad, just the like the kind of one-on-one conversations with the mom. I mean, not one-on-one, sorry. Like, basically confessionals, confessionals with yeah. the mom, where she's just so sad. and She is very sad. She's so anxious, and but she has every reason to be. Delusional, I mean, like... No, I don't think so at all. I thought she was realistic. No, I mean, realistic, but like, the same, like this. I guess this is just what happens when your kids grow up. Yeah, except that ship should have sailed, like, 15 years Wait, ago. Wait, how old is Daddy? he again, though? He's in 33. His... Okay, but that's not crazy, because millennials now... A lot of times they stay at home for a long time. 33 is not crazy. If he was 43, I would agree with you. He will be. And she'll still be there. Well, Mark that remains to be seen. <laughs> you and I are just going to start. I think it, I think this should be like a point-counterpoint podcast. <laughs> totally. We're just going to disagree about literally everything. But it's when he be talks great. about the fact that they share a vehicle, and then he talks about how this has impacted his prior relationships. And... I'm going to call bullshit on that because I don't think he's had prior relationships. Well, and why do those girls have cars? A date. Well, and and plus, isn't, if you live in Vegas, you've got to be car dependent, right? I mean, nobody lives on the strip, so, and then it's like it's giant sprawling desert. 
Well, it, they could have had their own cars, but it could have just been like, I'm sick of driving you everywhere. And he's like, well, I have to share a car with my mom. Oh, that's right, because then the girls would end up driving him around, probably. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Crazy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh my God, then they have this discussion when Debbie brings his dinner. Yeah, where they're going to sit. Where they're going to sit. See, this is where I thought it was like creepy, because he's saying that in Brazil, couples, couples, intimate couples sit next to each other. Yep. And she's like, oh, well, you know... You, we should sit together. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, why would you say that? I'm like, why would you say that right after he says that it's like couples sit next to each other? I gave her the benefit of the doubt and figured that she just didn't understand. Maybe. Because that is a very odd comment. But it was just such awkward dinner conversation. And the sex thing, that was just, just to come back to that, like, it was just so weird. You know, why would you even need to talk about it? You know, it's the kind of thing you just leave it alone. Until something happens. Until until, maybe something happens. Until she walks in on you, which she's not going to do. She's not going to do. Which, is she really walking into his room with the door closed now? No. Like, that would be so That's why she said, just close your door. Yeah. If you have to say... Oh, because he brought it up, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's oh, like, that's just want to say that, you know, there are things we're going to want to do. You know, uh, uh, there's just... He's... Yeah, I uh, can't. Uh, and she's... Poor thing. She is just so... So sad. She... I mean, she genuinely is sad that... She, I think she wants to be happy for him that he's found somebody, but she's really sad that Larissa's going to, like, screw up the dynamic. I mean... A thousand it's gonna, percent. It's going to totally put a wrench in how... They've been doing things, and I think that, yeah, I mean, she's, like, practically crying. She doesn't want to be left out, which inevitably is going to happen. Actually, I don't think it will, because I don't think that Colt and Larissa are going to stay together for very long. So, ultimately, <laughs> She'll get even without sabotaging the situation, which I hope she does. But I, I think uh... she will anyway, and it probably, she'll sabotage it, and perhaps unintentionally just because she's already so like it's built up so much in her head exactly that she's going to be left out and that this is going to totally change everything and she's setting herself up to sabotage it because she's going to be hypersensitive about everything i couldn't agree more yeah oh good we agree with each other positive (laughs) positivity people all right so now we're gonna are you done with debbie and cole i am thank you for asking cole that's a slip (laughs) of the tongue So then we're going to move on to Jonathan and Fernanda. And I just want to start by saying that I did a little bit of research. Now, I say research, but really I just Googled. Um, You did a deep dive. I did a deep dive into Jonathan and Fernanda. And what it turns out, and I also heard this on a different podcast, um, but it's interesting to me. These guys have taken a turn for the negative to me. Like, Jonathan is now creepy on a whole new level. So what I discovered was she is 19 as she has or yeah, she's 19 as she said. Yeah. But it turns out that they've been together for two years. Wait, but in real time? Because if you think about it, this could have filmed when she was 19. But he said that we've been together for two years. He said it on the show? I think on the first episode, the first one that he met her two years ago. Whoa. And so. I did not catch that. That means she was 17 when they met. So like. It's super dark. Like, But then in this episode, he claims she was 18. Yeah, he claims that she was 18. But it doesn't surprise me now that they've had to wait so long to get the K-1 visa because he can't bring her here when she's 17. Oh, God. That yeah. is very, if that's true, that's very dark. Yeah. That's very I just concerning. Feel like, and it's super creepy. Like, this total player, like, finds a 17-year-old girl in Mexico when he's 29. Like, it doesn't... Or 30. Like, it doesn't make him... 
Yeah, he was two years younger too, but he was still like 30. Right. Like, it's still creepy. Anyway. Novels. And that he literally is stealing her youth. Um, so, <laughs> the next day, this is the next morning, and he's, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, she was pissed at him. Right. And how they so. slept on different ends of the couch. Right. He's basically, let's just well, be real. Well, how big of a couch is this? Let's just be real. He's pissed he didn't get laid. He's oh. pissed that her first day there, he did not get laid. So I didn't think about that. He brings her coffee and thinks that will fix everything because he's an idiot. And there's something I have to say. Like, she's pretty freaking smart. Like, not, like, super genius level smart, but she's got, like, a pretty reasonable, rational head on her shoulders. I agree completely. I mean, just the fact that she's like, dude, you got to respect me. And she fully calls him out, like... Something so simple, like, clean your shit, dude. Right. Like, how do you not know that there's... Which is what we were saying last week. Right. But she tells him, like, this is not hard for you. And then his response is, oh, I'll get rid of the bureau. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not it. But that's not... You know, it's totally one of those things where, like, you bring up one thing as an example, and so they run with it rather than seeing it for, like, the bigger picture. Well, and additionally, he says, no... You know, she's like, how, how, how old is this or whatever? And he's like, yeah, that was from an ex-girlfriend from years ago. And it's like, I'm sorry. I got, like, the barest glimpse of those panties. And I'm now going to make, you know, state a fact that is, like, deeply personal. But that we can all probably agree with, or many of us can agree with. I personally don't even know how many pairs of underwear I have. Oh, like, yeah. I, I have stuffed them over the years into oh, sure. my underwear drawer. And I, you know... I can't remember the last time I went through it. Uh-huh. I would have no idea what was in the back of my own underwear drawer, other than they were guaranteed to be my underwear. Right. <laughs> That's about as good as it gets. So how could he possibly, especially if he is such a player that he's been with all these women, how could he possibly know on site, oh, that's X person's underwear right. from this number of years ago? Like, I personally think that that is completely unbelievable. Or he knows it because he's kept them on purpose. Oh, God. I know. I'm, this guy's... That didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm happy to enlighten you with Ugh. another perspective. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's still going to kill him, and she, they are totally going to be on an episode of Snap, Snapped, like, in no, the future. No, I think she's way too nice for that. I don't know. We haven't seen the Latina rage yet. And, and, and I said this in a previous episode that I'm very concerned about her just generally her level of vulnerability being so high for so many reasons. And she literally says it. She's like, I have to get over this because Jonathan is the only person Mm -hmm. I have. It's true. And that's just like, ugh. She's here all by herself. I mean, that's kind of the boat that all of them are in. I mean, Larissa's going to have to, like, suck it up pretty soon because Colt is literally the only person she has here. No, I, I personally, just from my cursory understanding of all these people, I think that Larissa has, like, I would say more of a survival instinct, sort of more mm. street smarts, maybe. Yeah. Then, what's this girl's name? Larissa. Again? No. Uh, Fernanda. Oh, for, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think maybe Larissa Well, would. it's because Larissa's, like, 31, too. She's she had more, more years. Yeah, there, there are it's other true. reasons, too. So, I think that... I'm worried that Fernanda has this, like, sunk cost mentality that's going to prevent her from going home, which is the only place she's really going to be, you know, safe. Yeah. You know, at least emotionally. All right. And I'm done with them. Okay. So next we meet another couple. And I have to start (laughs) with this guy, with Stephen, because as I've mentioned many times, and will continue to mention as if it was something impressive about me, I am from New Jersey, Uh which is very close to Maryland, and this guy... Steven, he's 20, he's from Bowie, Maryland. He has an accent that I have heard my entire life. 
it is kind of like it, it's close to a Philadelphia accent, but it's specific to Maryland. He likes to go hang out on the beach in Ocean City, which I literally went to every summer growing up. So I really just had such a moment of recognition. Mm-hmm. It was it would be as if they had a couple from where the where the American was from Oakland or yeah. you know San Francisco, which is you know right our current area of living. So I just wanted to point that out about Stephen, and now you can take over. Well, I want to point out that calling it buoy. And it's spelled Bowie. Uh, right. And I feel like this is something, a trend I've seen in other states and some, even even Alameda, the town that I live in. Like, they just like to mispronounce things and it totally drives me crazy. You so, think Alameda is a mispronunciation? No, no, no. There's a street in, in Alameda called, well, it's spelled Versailles. No. And people and say Versailles? Versailles. No. The people like from old days, the, like the old timer Alameda. Oh, that is upsetting. They call it Versalis and it drives me freaking crazy. So of course my husband calls it Versalis. Ouch. But it, it drives me nuts. And there's a town in Ohio called Nevada, but okay. it's spelled Nevada. Oh. But they pronounce it Nevada and they get really mad at you when you say... It's Nevada. They're like, no, that's it's like, Nevada. That's like that town in Florida um, that Danielle Schneider's from, from Bitch Sesh. Um, oh, she's from um, this town in Florida. And, oh, damn, I should have should have actually remembered the name of it before I started talking about it. That's going to bug me. We'll look it up. And it's like, I think it's French or something. Okay. Or, or but it's, it drives me nuts. And Alameda has a couple of those. I think there's like... Um, like Buena Vista, Buena mm-hmm. Vista. People call it the old time Buena Vista. No, okay, that is upsetting. And it that, is not. That could be what's happening here because he when calls it, it Bowie he and calls it's Bowie. Yeah, I mean, but come he on. is a high school dropout. <laughs> I mean, this is true, and he was kicked out of his mom's house because he's a fuck up. That was sad. That everybody pretty much recognizes as like the norm. Like his grandparents later even are like, yeah, I mean, he screwed up. He's a fuck up. Are you even allowed to kick your own kid out at 16? I mean, I mean I'd be it's interested like the opposite to know. of like getting emancipated. Yeah, right? did he get emancipated? I mean, I don't understand how he's just now couch surfing and not going to school. He didn't or didn't finish high school. And yeah, this this is I mean, this is dark. This is like it's dark. And he meets Olga, who is delinquency basically. Yeah, and he goes to live with his grandma, um, and he meets Olga. I think he met her in Ocean City. He did on the beach. <laughs> Which is, what is, like, is, okay, so this is where my knowledge of the East Coast is very limited. Yeah. So, if he is living in Bowie, Maryland, uh-huh. does he just, like, skateboard to Ocean City? Or? Well, I don't know how he got there. No, no, you couldn't It's skateboard. far. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he just, like... He probably hitches a ride with somebody, because a lot of kids, they go... So, in the East Coast, you have inland, more inland towns, and then you have beach towns, mm-hmm. obviously, because right. the East Coast is running along the Atlantic Ocean, and so... There's mm-hmm. plenty of towns that are there on the water. And the way it works, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mystic Pizza. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is a perfect example where that town kind of dies in the winter. I mean, yeah. obviously the people who live there year-round, they're, they're known colloquially as townies. Right. And they, <laughs> they live in these beach towns during the whole year. Yeah. And then they get this huge influx 
of tourists who are mostly still from the area. So they'll be from like the more inland towns. Okay. And then like a very bougie version of this would be the Hamptons. Right. Where not that many people live in the Hamptons all year round. A lot of the wealthy people Yeah, it's like Montauk and everything. Well, the Montauk is is in the Hamptons. The Hamptons, right. So, but it's like the, um, so anyway. So so it's like that. Maybe he's like couch surfing or like. He probably goes out for the summer. Like he probably catches a ride with one of the tons of people that he knows who are going to Ocean City for the summer. And then he just stays there for as long as long as he can i'm just guessing yeah yeah yeah. okay okay and then he likes olga he's happy that he scored the hottest girl on the beach because she's like looks model hot i have to say her pictures look a lot hotter than i think she is in real life it's a good question i mean it's hard to tell right because we're never going to see her in real life i thought she was kind of classically beautiful yeah she's cute and she looked kind of russian well, because she is. Yeah, but I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. Um, by the way, we need to do a total deep dive on Mystic Pizza. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah, maybe we should do a commentary on Mystic Pizza. Oh my God, a young Vince D'Onofrio um, in that in movie. Matt Damon's first movie. Matt Damon's Oh, was it? No. Was it School Ties' first movie? No. This is before <laughs> School Ties. He's the brother. I know. Yeah, yeah. This is before that. And they keep calling her Portuguese. Yeah. Is that a thing? No. Well, okay. And you're Portuguese. I am Portuguese, but let me do this caveat because I feel like people from mainland Portugal, when they come to the United States, they kind of land on the East Coast. Uh-huh. That makes and sense. And I think there are different traditions or different ways that they're referred to or there's just a different culture over there and the people that land in california the portuguese that land in california are are usually from the azores which are like islands Mm -hmm. that are portuguese or they're from brazil now my family is very unique in that my my dad and my uncle are from the mainland portugal but they have cousins who are in like new york Mm-hmm. And New York City. Do they get called Portuguese? I've never heard that term before. Okay, in my well, life. you need to ask. I do. Bring home your poor Portuguese girlfriend. <laughs> Shake up the family a bit. Oh my God, my sister and I used to like quote that movie. You need it. to come correct, okay? Like when you come on this podcast, <laughs> you need to have done your non research. I do. I need to do my own like cultural background. Which, speaking of research, I guess Stephen was not aware that it only takes one episode of unprotected sex to have the conception of a child (laughs) yeah i think he thought like maybe you have to try because he hears about people trying and so they have clearly more than one time unprotected sex it's just that like rough thing of like people who don't know anything about reproduction does he not know kilani yeah too bad they didn't meet this was sad though his dad died of diabetes when he was seven i actually knew very well a guy whose dad passed away from diabetes yeah. as well and it affected him in a similar way that Steven's affected where he's saying I want to be with my son like but, I don't want my son to end up without a dad and I can totally I 100% respect him for that but it's just this is so like it's this whole thing is hard like I feel like their relationship is going to be very hard because you know he's basically already said if there was no baby i mean i only knew her for a month yeah in the he summer, says it would be a non a non-starter we wouldn't even be talking which is i mean fair enough she went back to but russia i get it i get it but i mean like, he's right it would have been a non-starter probably i mean but he also was like talking about how he wants to be there for his kid and take care of him but he has no clue and he's done zero research on not only how to raise a child or what you might need but also on Russia, which is where he is going. Or flying in planes. Or flying like, anything. Like, this guy didn't even, I mean, there's no thought of, like, I had no idea there was any issue between the United States and Russia until I, like, looked it up. 
I mean, were you under a rock? Yeah, but you know what? He knows what he doesn't know, which I think is good. And it's it, true. And it he knows what to well. look up. He knows what to look up. He knows. He knows about his own ignorance. He doesn't have this kind of like um, ego, ego maniacal you know, way about him, which a lot of young people do, the kind of immaturity that presents as, you know, thinking you know everything. You know, I think he's gotten a real, like, kind of slap in the face, or he's had cold water thrown on him by this thing happening, and I think he's trying really hard to rise to the occasion, and I'm concerned he won't be able to. I know he won't be able to. But I hope he will, because this is a child. We don't want the child to have just lost a genetic lottery. No. Sorry, you're screwed. He did, but I just think that, like, he is... Yeah, he knows what he doesn't know, but he's, it's like one, it's like almost intentional ignorance. Like, I don't know how to do, I mean, I know I don't know how to take care of a kid, but I'm not going to make any effort to figure it out. Yeah, there's literally a thousand books on this. That he could have gotten from his local library. (laughs) Exactly. PSA. (laughs) And it's free. Parenting service announcement. It's true. I mean, like, he just has no... He doesn't even know how to take care of himself. And it's, This is like a ugh. bad Lifetime movie. It's which totally, I think I have said about other couples. I probably have seen it, too. <laughs> the Lifetime execs are going to start, like, mining 90 Day Fiance for storylines. It's like the opposite. The like, it's like, oh, wait, this real-life story is based on a Lifetime You know what movie. it reminds me of? Is Remember that old movie with Molly Ringwald and Randall Baddenkopf? Uh, yeah. For keeps? For Hell yeah, this I is do. Like for keeps, except she's totally Russian. Russian. And Randall Badenkopf is way cuter than this Michael C. Hall knockoff. Oh, for shiz. She is... Wait, not Michael C. Hall. No, no, that's the cute one from Dexter. No, I'm talking... Shit, what's his name? What are you... Who are the you... guy, the guy who was in Breakfast Club. The, the geeky one. Oh, Anthony Michael Anthony Hall. Michael Hall. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Michael C. Hall, you're cute. Okay, so then we meet Ruth, who is his grandmother. Um... She says you couldn't have picked a worse country. It's like, okay, he didn't choose it. He didn't, yeah. I mean, I think he did know when he met her. And he says this. And again, this actually is in his favor. He says he was impressed by how worldly she was. Yeah. That she was well-traveled. You yeah. Know, that, that's, it, that's, that's something that judgment. really attracted him to yeah. her. And, you know, I love I love Grandma Ruth. She's sweet. She's, I mean, clearly she's chain-smoked her entire life. Can you imagine how hard it would be to watch your, not just your own child, but your grandson, like, suffer like that? Not in the, not in terms of the pregnancy, but in terms of hit just his life yeah. being so hard. Well, her life—it doesn't sound like her life was a cakewalk either. Absolutely does not. I just think it's just yeah, it's kind of dark that you've had generation after generation. generation. Of, and then the dead, the dad, who's the connection between the Stephen and his grandmother, has died. Right. You know, like this—it's just sad. Like it's, thirteen it's very years dark. ago. No, totally. Um, but Ruth is gonna tell you she's no bullshit. You know, and she's worried about the politics. It'll be harder for her to get the visa for the for to get the visa so that Olga and her her great grandson can get here. Although I feel like the politics is probably working in her favor. Cause... Yeah, a I agree with that. I was watching this. I was like, when was this filmed? <laughs> and and no, and then the other thing is, is there's Anfisa from Russia who mm-hmm. successfully got a K one visa relatively recently. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that bad. And I think there's there may even have been no there was she Russian the one that. She was kind of small and thin, and she married the guy. She was really shy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's I think she was now. from Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. I mean, I get that there's time differences, but... Um, it happens. I, I do think it's tough that he has to go... He hasn't... You know, she's been alone for the whole pregnancy in Russia. Mm-hmm. He is going... You know, lucky for him, she didn't have the baby 
much before her due date because it's only a week out from her due date now and he's on his way. Mm-hmm. But that if they don't get the visa in time, he's just going to have to kind of come home empty-handed and leave his son. I mean, that, I can't imagine how heart-wrenching that would be. Yeah, that would be really And that's hard. a real thing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, he could get a visa to stay there though, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I sure. have, I have no, no idea. My parents actually just got back from a trip to Russia and they said that... Um, the border patrol people in Russia were like the most stern, essentially, that mm. they had ever experienced. That there is sort of, wow. and I don't know if they were just like that to Americans or if they would be like that in general. But that there is sort of a, even if it's just a put on, sort mm-hmm. of put upon like hostility. Yeah, you know that's going on there, or was when they went crazy. So I don't know. All right, are you done with these guys? Yes. Back to our favorite couple. Kalani and Asuelo. Asuelo. Although, I don't know. Is the saddest 30th birthday party ever. Yeah. The smallest cake I have ever seen, and I am an amateur home baker. I don't know what that was. Yeah. It was too small. Simply too small. I could have eaten that entire thing in I one bite. I still think she's beautiful. She's, yeah. told, she's the real life Moana. I said you that. You were right. You're right. She is. Okay, I'm glad you gave me my... I, I do come to... Because I've heard that, like, you know, uh, Ronnie Karam... From shout out to Watch What Crappens, which big shout out, love Ronnie and Ben, love. and have seen them live in San Francisco, um, and can't wait to see them again. Anyway, Ronnie guest was a guest host on um, Life with Kate Casey, and he calls Kalani and Kalini her sister, low rent um, Kardashians, <laughs> which I can kind of get behind a little bit. I think bit. they're just as beautiful as the Kardashians. Well, I think they're just, I agree. And Who I, are beautiful as well. Yeah, and yeah. I would call them more, like, they're, they're just more the natural. Moana virgin, version of... They're them. Hawaiian Kardashians, except Samoan. They're Samoan Kardashians. Samoan, sorry. Samoan Kardashians. Um, so, yeah. So, then she drives. So, okay. She's going to go pick up Asuelo. Um, I have a question. Is Asuelo wearing his work uniform? When he arrives, I don't know, but he did kind of look like that. Although, I want to quickly flash back to the dad's gnarly braided beard, which somehow had escaped my notice. No, I saw in the last that, which is crazy. Like, I saw it and I was like, what? Was that always there? And I'm not really, I'm, I'm kind of not scared of him yet. I'm scared of him. I see, I don't know. I'm officially scared. I'm waiting to see what happens because I feel like he's one of those guys that talks hard, but like, like more bark. He's also got like, these daughters and he wants to protect them but like he's got to be a little bit I don't know we'll see we'll see that is to be seen okay so he comes out wearing his work uniform no but before that when she's driving there and she's kind of giving or or she's at the airport waiting or whatever and she sort of has this confessional I sort of got the, the I didn't get the impression the question came to my mind of which is really more important to her having her kind of love in her life or having just some help with that help. baby. <laughs> help. It's help. She wants him to be a partner. Yeah, I She's thought this for him to come be a co-parent with and her. And then the mom talks about it too. Like, yeah. we have all these expectations of him, of things he yeah. needs to do right. to be helpful. And I'm like, I don't know. Because the other couples, you can contrast it to the other couples who generally don't have children together. Mm-hmm. And it's much more about just being in love and wanting mm-hmm. to be with the person they're in love with. So I think it actually is an interesting commentary on how your um, your priorities as a couple change totally when you have a baby. Change. And you hear about it generally. It's a, just a trope, you know? Yeah. It's totally trite. As soon as you have a baby, kind of like romance goes down the toilet or whatever, whatever. Or especially moms, I think, will sometimes... And, and I think they're forced to because it's so 
fucking hard to raise a baby. I think that a lot of times women, moms will start prioritizing the child over the husband, mm-hmm. maybe for some period of time or forever right. or whatever, and that that can cause problems. And I'm kind of seeing that here. And he's not even here yet. Yeah, he's not. So but I just wanted he, to note that. No, true. But then he does arrive, and like I said, he's wearing his uniform, and it, oh my god. What the fuck is happening i i i echo her her like no really when she's like i don't know what the fuck is happening yeah but she gives him like such side eye and such put yourself in her shoes if this it's cute no it's not you would freak out if namir did this yeah i would you're right. Yeah. I didn't think about it. And that he's way. a little and she talked about like his hot body when he took off his shirt when she first met him. Yeah. Okay, he's let that go a little bit. And he <laughs> takes off his shirt and it's just like he's laying on the floor at LAX. And the screams that were coming plane. out of his mouth, it sounded like a wounded animal. I mean, what? It was very coming to America uh, style. Well, it is very but see this I think that whole scene as uncomfortable and cringy and I just felt her embarrassment and humiliation but that just really really exemplifies how different they are exactly and how this is going to be such culture shock for him he doesn't in even know how it, to be self-conscious you know? yeah in ways that it wouldn't be for a lot of the other couples that are coming like it is going to be such a culture shock for him it's just so different and he says that he's like yeah my usual day was Picking coconuts and feeding pigs, and it's like, it the, could not be more different than yeah. the, or than Orange County. It's not like he's moving to a farm. No, no, no. And he's in LAX. I mean, my God. Can you imagine how overwhelming that must have been, though? And he still like did this thing that he thought was just totally in her honor. Because, you know, I felt yeah. very sorry for him that she couldn't look past her embarrassment, which was totally legitimate and well-founded, yeah. to appreciate or at least look like she was appreciating what was clearly a gesture of genuine love. Well, the good news is, I don't think he re- recognized her embarrassment. I think he did. You think I think so? he pretended not to. See, I think he just didn't get it. I don't think like, he I don't think oblivious. he knew that she wouldn't, that she understand. I mean, he didn't even want to put his shoes back on. I'm sorry, but LAX is disgusting. Yeah, cesspool. but maybe that's because he was embarrassed by that point secondhand. Like, he, his, his, his tribute had not been received, and he was humiliated by her reaction. And so he just didn't even have you know the wherewithal to like put his shoes back on i thought it was really sad i felt sad for him see and i didn't i just feel like he didn't even get that i hope he didn't um because then he later talked about it to her mom yeah but But what are you what are you gonna say like oh i did this dance at the airport and she acted like i was trash she didn't act like he was trash she just was embarrassed by the shocking and unexpected nature of because it wasn't like I just did a dance like he took off his shirt and he's slamming his chest and he's writhing on the floor yeah but he's also clearly from another country having just arrived from the other country so if there's any scenario where the people surrounding you who apparently she's worried about even though she's never going to see them again where they're going to understand what is actually happening and be Mm. correct about that it's here this is like the one place if he did it in the grocery store it would have been like, okay, is he having a seizure? But here, you know, we, we understood what was happening. We were, we're like total bystanders in this situation, and we, we understood what was happening. I know, but I really, really empathize with her. And I empathize with him. <laughs> Let's I, fight about yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel like, 
Um, but, but this also, also exemplifies why you don't marry somebody you met on vacation. Yes. Because I agree. Because she doesn't know she doesn't how know he's going to behave. He she doesn't know how he's going to yeah, behave generally. She doesn't know anything really about him. Okay. So that is that scene. Yeah. And then in his confessional, like I said, I literally, as he was speaking in like halting English about his like dreams coming true in America, I just was literally seeing Eddie Murphy in Coming to America, yeah. <laughs> which was great. I loved that. It was this very was classic. Very classic. Yes. Um, okay, so now we see um, Eric and Lita. Lita. And, well, before he explained why he was going to New York, why they flew into New York, I was kind of like, do, do they not have airports in Wisconsin? Because yeah, like, they do. He's flying, he drove 15 hours. Right, and but he explained. I mean, he, he had a reason for that. He explain. Although, would you drive 15, why wouldn't you just fly to New York? And meet them there. Um, and rent a car. I guess I guess because there's I, just so much crap, he figures, that she's going to need to bring back with her ultimately to Wisconsin. Because yeah. he has like a suburban. Yeah, he does. So that makes sense. And I'm just going to say this, and this is going to be very controversial. They showed pictures of him like on trips with her. He looks kind of cool in aviators. Okay. Okay. Take it. Take well, that. But that's vacation mode. No, 100%. I'm I just would, saying... I would venture to say that I look a lot better on vacation than I do every regular I do, day. Well, not anymore, I guess. But, well, but you know I what used I mean. to. For my um, kids. And then he's going to adopt Alessandro, he says. Which, which is I think interesting, is interesting. Because then it, it, it begs the question of where's Alessandro's dad. And it makes it a little bit more understandable that the dad... That Alessandro's dad... Would not be paying child support because if he really just if has, really, no... has no parental rights, yeah, then that makes sense. Um, I'm wondering if if Lita's situation was more of a like a Nicole situation where she like just got pregnant and had this kid, and that's why her parents and her sister are so overprotective because Lita's like the wild one. I kind of got that vibe, and we'll talk more about their yeah, we'll family. Talk more about. So anyway, they go to New York. He goes to New York City to pick up Lita. Oh, the age thing son. gets gets right. Gets, gets cleared resolved. Up. So she's twenty nine. She's twenty nine. She's eight years older than his eldest daughter. And her sister Raina comes with her to help with this transition. No, but that's not that's not that's totally not all she's doing though. I think that's oh, probably she's what they told Eric. That's what they've said, but she's totally vetting the whole situation for the parents. She literally says she's that she she won't allow her sister right. to stay there without which was very but weird. But then her sister also Lita Lita also was like, "Oh my god, I hope they allow me to stay." Yeah. So it's a very understood Sort it's of established. Rela- yeah, it's an established relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Eric wanted them to ease them into the Midwest, which is why they flew into New York first. It makes sense because he wants the sister and the parents who are following shortly behind to see United the United States kind of at its best. And by at its best, I mean like what they would be expecting from the movies because so many movies are filmed in New York. Right, and so it's he's basically showing them what everybody expects when they come yeah. to the U.S., but then he crushes her dream. he's going to crush her dreams and take her to... Baraboo to the sad two bedroom apartment. I thought it was interesting. She says, not Raina, um, Lita says that she accidentally clicked on his ad. And that make I mean, that explains it everything. It explained everything. Yeah. Like it was such, it put everything in perspective. She says, he lives in America, so why the hell not? My parents are very controlling. I got the distinct impression that she's just simply trying to escape. And it's oh, not for sure. that she's, and, and it kind of explains why. 
she would be leaving such a lavish lifestyle because with a lot of the people and you know the kind of trope of this show is you're leaving let's say it's poverty let's say it's a place with lacking opportunities whatever to go to the United States where the idea is that the streets are paving gold etc but with her I was like what is she thinking we're all like what is she thinking and I get the impression mm-hmm. that she truly is trying to escape just an incredibly controlling family and that she wants she says she wants to be a doctor here in the United mm-hmm. States which begs the question why hasn't she been practicing even though she has graduated med school supposedly in mm-hmm. Indonesia and I wonder if it's that her parents just like literally won't let her yeah, become be. a doctor there and she just needs to come here you know to have any life at all much Seriously? less like, a better life I mean, I'm just positing that I'm Katie Eric is not fighting ISIS because of an accident yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a happy accident. Um, was adorable. Yeah, he's, and they had a very, very warm welcome. A very I felt. warm welcome. But Raina wants to be anywhere but here. Oh, she's spitting nails. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure the parents made her go. I mean, that was my impression. And they kind of had their first fight. Um, and Lita bickering about the bickering luggage. about the luggage. Like she's so. I don't understand. It has to be proper. It has to be, I don't understand. I didn't know what he even what she even meant by that. I didn't understand it myself. He's like, it's gotta fit, you know. And I'm, I mean, the guy has like the biggest car in the world. I don't understand. I know. I kept thinking that. I'm like, how the fuck can you not fit your luggage and <laughs> that you were able to bring on a plane mm-hmm. on into a suburban? Um, yeah. But I have to say, I feel that she brings something out in him, some life. Yeah, I mean, he's otherwise he's just a dud. Right, but he doesn't seem like a dud when he's with her. Like, she actually seems like she brings out the best in him. Which yeah, is, they were kind of excited. I mean, when they saw each other at the airport... They seemed like they were in love. It was really exciting. I mean, especially when you look at the Colt Larissa reunion. Exactly, which was the perfect foil. I agree, oh my and we'll gosh. get to that. But yeah, okay. So that was really shocking to me. Because yeah. I could not... And this is so mean, but... I really couldn't imagine anyone like wanting to be with that guy. I know, but <laughs> it was really sweet. She it, does, yeah, and and I think he he's got these like rough edges where yeah. he's very militant, but it know? doesn't seem to come from this like bad scary. No, place. he's just very militant, and um, but otherwise he's very sweet with her. And I loved with the, it with the children and with, with the, the baby with the boy. Um, Good. Okay. Well, that's a change of pace, and yeah. we can get to Ashley and Jay if you're ready. Oh, God, they're so gross. So Ashley finally arrives in Montego Bay. Um, in Where she J- says Jay's Jamaica. usually late picking her up in the airport. I was yeah. like, wow, that's, that's that's a dick move. Yeah, but but he was surprisingly on time this time. He was on time. And um, they talk about the weather, which is so like, cliche. But um, she says, oh, it's so nice because it's like, you know, a really nice, it's nice. I mean, it's Jamaica. It's yeah, tropical, beautiful, warm. And I guess it's winter back home in Mechanicsville. Because yeah. she says it's 10 degrees. It's 10 degrees. And he's, and she asks him what the coldest weather he's ever been in. And he's like, I don't know, like 75. But honestly, that's not that big of a deal. Like, people move to different places with, you know, different climates all the time. I mean, that's true. But that is an extreme change. He's not going to be able to wear white feeders every single day of the year. And he is used to that. Or go shirtless. Yeah, I mean, I just think about myself, like... We don't get that much difference in weather here. I mean, it, we do have winter and it rains yeah, but we and it gets a little snow. colder, but we don't get snow and like the summer never gets super hot. And I think if I had to move to a place where it gets 10 degrees in the wintertime, 
That would be jarring for me. People do like change, though. Like something different. And I think that's the theme of the show. Yes, it's true. And actually, he says, and this is something that, that really struck me. He says that normally when a black Jamaican guy is with a white girl, it's so he can get over to the United States. So he picks anything he can get. So he, he was talking about this in relation to the fear and anxiety he had going into his final interview where it appeared to me he was suggesting that it is common in Jamaica to have this kind of like scamming going on. Which we've seen. And that the government is aware of that. that right. The so they want to make sure them. it's like legit. Um, Which was fascinating to me. It is fascinating. But he says that she's not a fat, slobby woman like most of the beautiful Jamaican guys end up with when they do this kind of thing. But that's not his style. So my my impression here is that he really is convinced that he's in love with her, but yeah. only because it is so convenient for him to be in love with oh, her for sure. and to come to the United States. So I don't think it's a total scam. Mm-hmm. I think he's like just smart enough to have convinced himself mm-hmm. so that he could convince the embassy that he loves this woman. And then he says that like white women love the Jamaican men oh. because they have a reputation for having a quote-unquote heavy sack. Not a heavy sack. The heavy sack. The heavy sack. But I'm like... He says, we come tall. We're naturally made. That was so rough. I'm a heavy sack. I can honestly say I've never referred to a boyfriend or a guy by thinking they would be attractive because they could have a heavy sack. I felt embarrassed even like writing that down. <laughs> I knew I had to quote it and I'm actually glad that you did. And then he says he's going to give her the D Me every, every day. day. They're oddly, I mean, they clearly have a almost purely sexual it's relationship. hyper, hyper, hypersexualized. And I think that's because he is hypersexualized. He's hypersexualized, but also, I mean, they've been on vacation mode. I mean, they've basically only ever had sex. He doesn't even know. Three times a children. day. Okay, three times a day is like a urinary tract waiting to happen. And especially when you We're do it in a car in the middle of a road, which is what she said happens. She also says, quote, he can't handle abstinence because he's 20, which totally goes back to her um, what allowance. What happens in Jamaica yeah. stays in Jamaica. Yeah. But, I mean, she's got to have, like, what is the... um. What am I thinking of? The antibiotic for UTIs? Wouldn't any antibiotic work? No. There's a really strong one. It's the, it's the one that they use that's like an antibiotic. It's like an antibiotic to like, um, like cis, Cipro. Oh, Cipro. Cipro. It's like a really strong antibiotic. She's got to have that. Like I've heard of Cipro. I didn't know it was an antibiotic. Yeah, she's probably got like tons of Cipro if they're having sex three times a day. Well, it is worrisome. It's like, okay, you've only seen this guy on vacation and all you've done is have sex with each other. So it's like how, you know, how much of a connection have you really made? Yeah. And I we mean, don't know. I mean, There's chemistry know. for sure. I'm sure they're wildly attracted to each other. But yeah. we're going to see when she has to go to work and it's like day-to-day life and she's got her kids. And when there's other women around who, yeah. you know. Exactly. All right. Okay, I'm done with these two for now. So now Colt and Larissa. Colt is getting ready to go and he shaves his like facial hair, mm-hmm. which, I mean, he which actually looked better with the facial hair in my I mean, I thought he basically looked the same. See, I, I, I mean, I difference. thought the the facial hair gave him a little bit of edge. I think he was shaving it for her because she. Had oh, said. for sure. So that was nice. Although I don't know if she's gonna be happy that his cat apparently sleeps in bed with him. Oh my god, the cat! Or at I least was in bed with him, <laughs> and he said good morning. So I was like, 
<laughs> oh my god. And then he gets to the airport. And it's the most awkward. I mean, have they met? It's like they don't even know each other. And they could not be more mismatched. Right. It's just it's just mismatched. It's like Dilbert meets Barbie. It reminded me of Brett and Daya. Do you remember the guy from Snohomish, Washington, I believe it was? <laughs> I remembered that because it's such an interesting name. Yeah. And his, I think, I don't remember what country she was from, but his fiance was Daya. And then as soon as she landed she, and he didn't have flowers, she was, or, or he got the wrong oh, flowers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it was so awkward and cringy. Yes. And it was the same thing here, except even worse because, you know, I think Brett had the wherewithal to kind of like smile awkwardly and like brush it yeah. off versus Colt was like, I'm not buying you flowers. Yeah, I'm not spending $20, $20 on you. And she does not let it go. She absolutely does not she let it go. She will not let it go. She's like, uh, you, can you go get me flowers then? I wonder if she was actually trying to kind of break up the awkwardness because a lot of it was that they appeared just to have literally nothing to say to each other. They didn't, I mean... There was she, that awkward, like, confessional where they were just standing next to each other. Yeah, it's like Clearly silence. supposed to be talking about how excited oh. they were to be together, and it was just silent. And he's so, like, dumpy, frumpy, and she's, like, so, like, made up. I mean, well, she... Well, her outfit was... I was, feel like she must have done a Darcy, where, like, she had to do, like, an airport switcheroo where she got dressed up for him. I think that's highly likely. And I think that that's probably part of her annoyance with him at this moment is because and why she keeps harping on the flowers because I think she feels like look I made an effort mm-hmm. and, and he thinks it even was an though effort he just being made there an effort time. and shaving his beard yeah. he's like I made an effort too but he just doesn't look like somebody who made an effort <laughs> just mismatch mismatch just just all, beyond all around okay so are you done with these guys for now yeah okay so now we got a Kalani and Azuelo I mean he's just so young that's another thing that came out of this. He doesn't look 23 to me, but he feels 23 to me. I think it's because he's like, and this is going to sound kind of maybe culturally insensitive, but it's like he's an islander. Like, he's just so happy yeah. and easygoing and earnest. It's like he might as well be from another planet. Right. Orange County, you know, and California in general is the opposite of that, you know. Yeah, and he, he, he looks almost middle-aged. Like, I don't know. There's something about him. I think he's cute. Him. I think, think he's cute. cute. And I love that his, unlike all the other bros in Orange County, his tribal tats are actual tribal tats. Yeah, no, they're like legit. <laughs> legit. Um, he's I just assume. so... Uh, he, and he doesn't... Even though he talks about this being the land of opportunity, he seems very genuine in that he doesn't seem like the guy that's going to use somebody to get a green card. No. Like, he seems so much... He's so earnest. He's so earnest and genuine and just really happy to be there and to be with his son. And, I mean... My favorite when he said... (laughs) Be careful. <laughs> we saw a plane oh, yeah. in the sky. <laughs> he thought she was going to hit it. And he clearly never, he appeared never to have seen a freeway before. He was like, this road We're is so too wide. wide. <laughs> I was like, that is just so true. Right, because That's they like, have to fit cars. Totally accurate. He may not have a vehicle. I thought it was interesting, you know, and you, and this kind of goes back to your earlier point that you thought he kind of was oblivious to her reaction mm-hmm. in the airport when he said to her in the car that she's hard and he's easy mm-hmm. that told me that he does know who he's marrying and that he does know that she's going to be difficult well, to please i think so i i mean i i agree with that and i think that also that also can be interpreted in the fact that like i am so laid back I am so yeah. I can deal with any situation. Well, I agree on his end, but what is right, it right. on her and end? And for her, she's just used to more. 
And I think she's just used to more structure and, I mean, quite frankly, luxury. I mean, well, what he would consider luxury because... His house know, has no walls. His house has no walls. <laughs> it has poles and, like, bamboo floors or whatever he said the point was. And then because... Also, I think that because she just expects more out of life, she expects more out of him. And we were talking about this earlier that she really does want a partner she wants someone to co-parent with her and i was you know i was concerned a when her mom was essentially saying that he needed to make up for lost time which is mm -hmm. kind of unfair it seems to me because i you know i don't know for a fact but it seems at least like he got there as soon as he could right you know something along those lines and then so she clearly has very high expectations for how he's going to perform now that he's here, which is crazy because he's not going to be running on all cylinders anyway, having like been thrown into this totally different culture. And then it was sort of mirrored and intensified for me when he is like, it looked like for the first time picking up Oliver, you know, since, since he saw him the one time, you know, in, in Samoa when Oliver was two months old, I believe it was, and Oliver starts fussing. It's like, who cares as a mom to me? It, and this is, I'm not trying to judge Kalani. I'm just saying how I would have reacted to that. I would have been like, I would have gotten my mother out of the room. Mm -hmm. And the mom, to her credit, said, like, you guys need to be alone right. with the baby. So that was fine. So that ended up being a non-issue. But I certainly would have made sure it was a non-issue. Got the mom out of the room. And I would have been like, okay, this is going to be... I would have basically thrown Asuelo into the deep end a little bit. Not in terms of responsibilities, but right. in terms of just sheer exposure. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, there's nothing wrong with this kid spending as much physical time mm -hmm. together and close with Asuelu as possible so he can get over this initial hurdle, which a lot of babies do with strangers or people mm -hmm. who are essentially strangers. And instead, Kalani, I believe my, you know, I wrote it down. I think this is what happened, that she sort of snatched him back and she was like, oh, I don't let him cry like that. And I immediately had this like cringe moment of, oh my God, are you like a young mom with your first baby who mm -hmm. is going to be like, kind of running defense against the kid's actual father well because it, it's that could be she wants her cake and eat it too right she wants to be a great she's the mom so she's, she's she wants the control she sees herself the as structure structure she sees herself as the parent but she also wants him to be an equal parent and but doesn't you know what i mean it's equal like, in terms of like responsibility but not necessarily ownership right well and see this is the thing Maybe. that i so in my practice in my my day-to-day -day practice, I see a lot of couples that fall into certain categories of the types you see getting divorced. And of course, there are also, also people that you see getting divorced where you're like, why are you getting divorced? Or Like Eric and Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, or why did you even get married? You know, or like things like that. But there are definitely some that fall, there are definitely categories where you see them more often. And one of those categories is the parent where... It's usually the mom, and I hate to be sexist about it, but more often than not, let's just say it that way. It's the mom who has always been in charge of the kids and has always made like decisions for the kids. Because when you're in a couple, sometimes you just divide. You delegate. You delegate, and you divide responsibilities like that. Yep. And so, um, so she has a very clear way of how she wants things done, how she wants bottles to be washed, how she wants the house to be cleaned, how she wants food to be prepared, how she wants the kids to be dressed, whatever it be, she has very specific ways in which she wants that to be done. But then she likes to complain that the partner doesn't, you know, the co-parent, the husband, whatever, um, doesn't really help with all those things. I think that's called maternal gatekeeping. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's like, so, there's like a term for that now. So then there's like a whole thing where like, 
the the other parent wants to be helpful and wants to take some of that load off but then gets yelled at every time they try to because they're not doing it right so after over time that parent just stops trying to help exactly and then they, they don't back do off. anything and they back off and then that that mom or that the parent who has an idea of how things should be gets even more resentful Resent. because yeah look, you're not even trying to help me anymore. And it's like, well, why bother help, trying to help you when I don't do it right? And you're not, you know, you're mad at me and stuff. Yeah, that's the story of my life, yeah. <laughs> for the but, record. <laughs> Once again. Right. <laughs> but you know what, though? But and it, I mean, please, that happens to me all the time. I mean, it, obviously, we're like, we know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> and my kids are alive. Not, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it's it's at a different level. Like it's I think that when it gets to the point where like it's a real problem, yeah, then it can be a deal breaker. It can in be the a end. deal breaker in the end. And I see that so many times where you know if you just talked about it and communicated about it a little bit more ahead of time rather than the parent just saying I give up or you know the other parent just saying you don't do anything you're you know whatever if you just can communicate about it and I have a feeling like Azuelo is just not going to be invested enough to care and to talk to her he's just gonna be like I'm just gonna let her do it because she does it the way she wants to do it and then I don't have to be a part of it well or like sort of on the the other way of viewing that would be that he's so easygoing yeah that, well, that the... he just kind of ends up going with whatever program she sets and if that program ends up being that she's micromanaging every aspect of Oliver's life and she's not really allowing him to be involved then he might think wrongly that she doesn't want him to help that she doesn't right. really. So and she, then he's, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And he may not realize that he's kind of putting the nail in the coffin, you know? Yeah. Because of I, the resentment. I just, I could see that. I can see that for sure. That's sad. But yeah. you know what? It's also, it's okay. Because this isn't a 90 day fiance thing. This is just a thing thing. Like this, this is, is what just happens. having kids. Yeah. I mean, even, even, hey, even people that don't come from an island and haven't seen such a kid myself. for five months. <laughs> you know, such as my husband too. Is not that guy, but can still for sure be the guy that doesn't do anything right. Right. <laughs> In my opinion. Um, anyway. Okay, so that's them. So now we go to Jonathan and Fernanda, and they are going to be meeting Jonathan's friends for dinner. Yeah, what an honor. He's like, yeah, I've never... I've never met brought anyone to meet my bros. <laughs> Although he doesn't end up just being bros. Like, his friends appear to be a pretty mixed bunch, including the people who are hosting are, it looks like, a married couple. Yeah, and Angelica and Stephen and Angelica How do you Jonathan, pick up on these, like, details? Like, these names and stuff? I know, I try to write stuff down. <laughs> they went to college together, him and Angelica. The wife, yeah. And um, it's funny because they actually, at one point, they, you know, in her, the confessional, Fernanda says... You know, this is so strange because all of my friends in Mexico live with their parents. <laughs> like, and yeah. these two have this, like, beautiful Home. It looked like a colonial or something. Yeah. I don't know what that was. But it was absolutely gorgeous. And poor Fernanda was, like, totally out of her element and felt, I yeah. think, out of but her But she, well, she did well. I mean, she kind of came she in. She held her own. She held her own. She talked to them. Danny's there, I'm sure, seething and... Yeah, Danny Danny tried to like play the part of the supportive friend, but mm-hmm. I got kind of a um a, a an unhappy bitter undertone mm-hmm. from her. And so they sit down at dinner and they're like all chatting and everything and then, And it was a beautiful spread. It was I mean it was it was beautiful. The, the and the friends seemed really nice. Yeah. Um and then she tells them that it's been just really hard for her to sleep because 
you know, she's on the couch. Yeah. And his friend just gives him shit, as he should. Yeah, he kind of threw him under the bus, which I like. Which he needs to be thrown under the bus. Like, you don't have a bed? Like, what the hell? It sounds like he didn't even put linens down. No, and he does, again, he tries to... Well, it's because we were going to buy it together. I waited so we could buy it together. Yeah, dude, but why get rid of the old one? Like, come on, man. Well, it's kind of sad that, like, even his friends think that he... Is an idiot. Yeah. It's not a good start. <laughs> oh, my God. And then this is where he talks about... Um, that he says he didn't know she was 18 when he met her. Because she was 17. <laughs> <sighs> and he thought she was 21, but... When you're 30, it's not much better to say, well, I thought she was 21. Like, no, I mean, the age, the age gap is, is worse in this situation because she's so young that she's literally on the edge of someone who shouldn't even be in a romantic relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to someone who's 35 marrying someone who's 55. Right. It's like, okay, you've both been around the block. Right. But she has not, it appears. And then the conversation takes kind of a dark turn. Very dark. So she brings up the wall. The wall. And says, you know, fair enough. she does because she's like, it's going to be kind of weird and hard because she's from Mexico. But then Stephen, um, John's friend, says that the host, the host, he's like, you know, people have are concerned and you pan to like the rest of the friends and they're all kind of like, yeah, this is like a real concern that like people from Mexico are coming and taking their jobs. No. And um, engaged in crime. No, that's not the impression I got. And I, taking public assistance. I think that's how Fernanda kind of took it but actually given what happened immediately after she sort of responded she said something like um i forget what she said she said like she kind of like held her own as you said yeah yeah yeah. whatever it was she was she she slapped she hit back but i i ultimately got the impression that they were actually trying to warn her about what other people were going to say not that they actually felt that way but that no, they no, were no, like no. small-minded people i know but just even bringing that up especially so... her for the first time they're meeting her it was a little antagonistic and i'm just gonna say for the record that is probably the worst argument ever that mexicans are coming from mexico and stealing your job if a 19 year old girl from mexico is stealing your job then clearly you need to take a look in the mirror that was a woof moment. Oh my god! Woof. Come on. Um, well, especially because it appears all she's stealing is someone else's right, if you want to call it that, to become John's um, underwear organizer <laughs> and has slash housewife. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not worried about this girl because it sounds like she's not going to take any shit from anybody. I know, but it does end up being. And that that's what struck me about this. That's what I thought this why I thought this was so dark is that it was like I think they actually may have been trying to help her out by mm-hmm. kind of warning her, but actually what they did was they created exactly the situation they were trying to Avoid. warn her against, which is you are alone in this group of people mm-hmm. who are white and because American. Because she said that I have to they're defending their country. And, yeah. but and I, I have, have to, to defend, defend my, mine. But she's alone. She's yeah. the only going to be the only one at the table, essentially, mm-hmm. in any situation in Lumberton. Well, defending. and hopefully Jonathan will. But he didn't, did he? No, he didn't. Did he? I don't remember, actually. I don't think he said anything. I, I don't think, think he, he was said just, anything. I think he was just uncomfortable. I think this conversation was was not something he expected. I agree. I and I didn't he, expect it I didn't either, no. And so I think it was just unexpected and took him by surprise. I think it took everybody by surprise, which is why... That guy and Fernanda were the only two people talking. You know what this was? This was like, and not to go all Emily Post on anyone, but this was like the exact reason why it's considered impolite to talk about politics at the dinner table. 
because it was like, not, and I'm not saying that it should be considered that way. I'm just saying this is exactly what you'd want to, in theory, as a host, avoid. Right. Is a guest being made to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because politics are being brought up in a way that she is ultimately going to feel kind of alone and marginalized. Right. And that's By what the happened host. here. By the host. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, right. so that, that, that to me was, was um, sort of had some gravity to it. So, speaking of dark, we get to Eric and Lita. Yeah. And Raina wants to see Trump Tower. Of course oh, she does. Ugh. God. I know. Every time. And then, like, Michael and Angela, and I hear, and I'm like, what impression are people in other countries getting of him? And do they know how people in the United States who so didn't vote for him feel about him? You know, it's just, it's hard to watch. Ew. Anyway. Eric says that they're heading to Pennsylvania, and Lita, Lita and I want to know why they aren't staying in New York City, but Eric clears that right up by saying it's expensive to stay in New York. Plus, it seems like he wants to be more in his comfort zone, like a cabin in the country is a little bit more Yeah, his speed. but I think the main motivator here is money. He can't, I mean, getting a large enough hotel room for that many Raina, Lita, himself, and Alessandro. And then the parents eventually. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. So he's like, I can't afford it. Which is red flag number one of like a thousand that I'm sure Raina is writing in her little journal. Well, it's also weird that they didn't talk about this before she got there. You know, if there's one thing that you have in a long distance relationship, it's Endless discussions of like the minutiae. Where of are we your staying? Day, right? And then where are we gonna go? Okay, yeah. so then we're gonna go to Pennsylvania. Okay, so then we're gonna. Of course, you want to know all of those details, but you know it even takes a turn for the worst. I think because he takes them to this like two bedroom sort of townhouse. It's like he it's says like it's a, a cabin, but it it looks like it's just like a. It's one of those like um, what are those like, residence residential apartments. Oh, or like a, a corporate apartment. Yeah, like or a, like a residential. An extended stay. Ex- that's what it is. Extended I lived stay. in an extended stay, So actually. it looks like a little extended stay because yeah. it's got the little kitchenette, and it's only two bedrooms, and it's actually, I mean, it's very, like, it, there's nothing exciting about the way it's de- decorated, but it's very clean, and it's really neat. Yeah. But she's... It's acceptable. But Lita's clearly disappointed. She's like, it's only got two bedrooms. Like, it's got two bedrooms, and they're not. She's not happy about it. She doesn't. You can just see in her expression she doesn't love the place. And all I keep thinking is, oh my god, this place is ten times better than the two bedroom shithole he shares with his daughter oh back gosh. in uh, Baraboo. Can you imagine if like his home is worse in her estimation than the cabin that it she is. didn't even like? But it is. Well, you know what though, we haven't seen enough of his apartment. To I mean, it doesn't look good, but no. you know we don't. I think it already, I, I mean, I think it looks worse than this place. I thought it was strange that he was sleeping in the room with Lita, and then the kid was sleeping with Raina. With the aunt. In a room, which is a little strange. I mean, I'm very close to my nieces, um, but I've never slept in a room with them, and I certainly, I know my sister would never ask me to sleep with them while she went and slept somewhere else. Right, but what I'm, I would venture to guess that Lita's not, very involved in the raising of her son. That's the question. And because they yeah. had that awkward conversation at the breakfast like, who's going to take care of your kid? Yeah, and she's, she's like, like, I will. Of course I would. But it didn't seem like an of course moment. It seemed like, oh shit, who is going to take? 
well, me, and I'm sure he's going to help me, right? <laughs> well, I've never had any kind of women help or, I mean, I've never had significant help with my kids, essentially, other than my son now goes to daycare. Um, but I can't imagine going from, and, and I'm not saying this is their situation, but assuming for the sake of argument, and they're kind of painting the picture this way, that she had just like round-the-clock help and care for her kids, for yeah. her kid. Going from that to being solely responsible for a little kid would be such a shock. Oh my god. Would, Even as the kid's mother, it, it would, would be, be like, terrible. oh my god. Because there's be so much work. so hard. It would be so hard. I mean, I, it would be really, really hard. On top of all the other like shocks, culturally and well, because, financially, that she'd I mean, be experiencing. She's going to have to like clean and she's going to have to do all the stuff she's never had to do. Yeah, she's already trying to coax him into getting a live-in maid and he's <laughs> like... Um, yeah, that's definitely not happening. I'm a bare bones Spartan kind of guy. <laughs> like that could not be a worse match in a way for a woman that walks around wearing red lipstick, like bright red lipstick, twenty four seven. Yeah, and so he's up early. He's making them an American breakfast, and she laments that she's never cooked, yeah. and that she's you know, and and she wants like some chicken stew, which is like a or some like an Indonesian an dish, Indonesian because I have noticed porridge. Porridge, right? Well, I've noticed that in Asian cultures, I have a really good friend who's Korean, and when they do breakfast, it's like it's like rice and like pork chop or like some kind of meat. Mm -hmm. It's it seems like our lunch or dinner. Yeah. It's not like eggs and pancakes and you know bacon. She eats it though, and so does she the kid. She does it. The little boy seems to enjoy it. Um, but this 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 kind of speaks to his sort of militant ways that these little things are going to add up in in a while. Like this is what I'm making because I'm American and you're in America and you're gonna eat it and you're gonna eat it and you're gonna like it and that's it. You know, and additionally, aside from him and sort of the shock of of his, I guess you could call it Spartan kind of life is Raina and and you know they they take her kind of like outside to do the confessional and it was so hard to watch because she's so suspicious she's so humorless and then the things that she says are I know she's like I mean Lita's like an awful person yeah she's like she's so annoying she gets annoyed easily yeah um, which I'm sure all horrible. of that is totally true but like I mean I I'm sure we both have sisters yes. I'm sure there are things we could say about our siblings you know, but you, you're not going to say that on camera and you're not going to say it like to the person that they're going to be with. They're going to figure that out. Right. It just seems like such an unnecessary way to go, but she's just so like, she reminds me of, um, oh my God, Velma from <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Mm, kind of just like a naysayer. Just like, uh. Like, and totally... then she says, we want to see how his world is. And then if he doesn't provide, he doesn't prove he'll provide a better life, mm -hmm. they won't let her and Alessandro stay. And that was just very, very dark. Yeah, because was... he's not going to be. He's not going to give her a better life. It reminded me of, like, someone who's really obsessed with their dog. And then, let's say, like, they marry someone who's allergic. And yeah. so they have to give the dog away. But then they go around... Like interviewing all their friends yeah. to see if they're good enough to take mm -hmm. the dog. Yeah. You know, not not to say that Lita is a dog, but, yeah. but I got this really, I got this kind of disconcerting impression that her family doesn't actually think of her as someone who should be able to make her own decisions and, you know, 
be an adult and take care of her child in right. whatever way she sees fit, like as if it really is their decision. And I and it and it, but it seems like from Lita's perspective, it is their She's decision. She's under their sway. And from Eric's perspective, it's already been decided. Exactly. And There's so, such a clash there. And he says she can pack sand. Is that a saying? No, it's kick rocks. Isn't it pound sand? And pound sand, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, she can pack sand. I was like, what the fuck does that yeah, mean? No. So I'm sure she was like, what the fuck does that mean? I think there's going to be a really major conflict here between Eric and Reyna. Oh, for as sure. As opposed to between Eric and Lita, who oh, I no, think is just going to like kind of hide behind her hands. But then as soon as Reyna's gone, then it's going to be then it'll, Eric then it'll and Lita. Switch. But I feel like Eric and Reyna are going to have issues. And Eric and the parents. And Eric and the parents, although I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, use Raina as their kind of mouthpiece. Yeah, that's You know, true. like, set her on him like a dog. Mm-hmm. Another dog reference. What is my deal? <laughs> All right. So then we see Ashley and Jay, and it's interview day. And she made this really nice binder. She did. Although it reminded me of, like, Mitt Romney, the binder full of oh, women. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it kind of was. It was like a picture of all these pictures of them. Yeah. She was like, you can't fake these pictures. Uh-huh. I was like, that is so false. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you can. Um, this, this little section was kind of uneventful. Kind of a throwaway. Just, it was just yeah. telling us that he got approved. But approved. we didn't need to have that long of a moment. So Oh, and her like little runaway bride storyline rings so false to uh, me. I think they just like made that up to make her less cardboard. Because frankly, she's not she's, she's very, not giving us much as far no. as personality goes. No. So I think they tried to make her look like, you know, yeah. oh. some kind of character in a some movie. Catch. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um and then we see okay, so then we go to Steven and Olga and Steven is going to Russia. So, and his parent, his grandparents are going to take him to the airport. And we find out that the grandma, at least, was 17. Yeah, I think they're probably had, both 17 it when looked they like had it. See his dad. dad. So he feels like, oh, I'm like three years, I got three years on you. But it's but interesting because it looks like they stayed together. They did stay together. And, and it looks like, I mean, they tell him it was really hard. Yeah. Like, because he's like, well, what can it's you tell sink me? Or swim. First of all, why would you leave this conversation for the ride to the airport? Yeah. And then just the fact that, like, they like they don't sugarcoat it. They're not going to be like, oh, you're going to be fine, honey. Your dad was fine. They're like, oh, it was super hard. The grandma literally says, he is so immature. Just a mess. <laughs> it's like, oh. He's just a mess. Even oh. she won't, like, throw him a bone. You've got to grow up. I know. These, these family members are really just, like... Family and friends are just throwing their, these people. It's the voice the of reason thing. And then the thing... The, gone amok. The thing that I thought was saddest about his almost his whole story... Not his whole storyline, but certainly this segment, was when he says that his, like, main concern here, yeah. after he's had this, like, you know, pretty, you know, I would say, like you said, no-holds-barred discussion with his grandparents as far as how difficult it's going to be to be a parent... He's worried she's not going to be attractive because of her belly. Yeah. Her pregnant he, belly. He's used to just hanging out with a hot girl. That was just gross. Yeah. That was like, but get your head out of your ass. But that his, like, maturity level. Exactly. For sure. I it's, mean, it's concerning. It's just, it's gross. And it, also, another thing that's concerning is that he seems to really just be kind of giving this a shot. You know, is. he gives the impression that he's like, well, of course I got to try to make this work because he is my kid. But at the end of the day, we only knew each other for a month and a half. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe it's a more know. realistic way to approach it. Right. I don't know, but it's, he's extremely immature. It's like you have this little baby like hanging in the balance. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to see. Speaking of hard to see. Just such a mismatch. It's no, just, I keep saying it because there's nothing else to say. We go to Colt and Larissa. 
And it's so awkward. Sorry, that's what I was talking about. You I know, just I like, know. jumped ahead. <laughs> I know. Um, and Larissa is just, she cannot stop complaining. Well, A, about the flowers. Everything. But then it's just so hot. But it's hotter hates, than Brazil. She hates everything. And then he doesn't have air conditioning in his car. Okay, that which is... Which is insane. It's I have air conditioning in my car. And yeah, I live and we in live the here. freaking Bay Area. I think, I think in Vegas it gets up to like 120 degrees. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. That's nuts. And Sacramento doesn't get that hot. And in Sacramento, you're crazy if you don't have air conditioning. My sister, my sister used to have this uh, little Miata, this little stick shift Miata. And she drove it across the country, actually, a few times. Because she kept coming back and forth between Manhattan... Because like I said, we're from the East Coast, between Manhattan and, and California. And one time she was driving through Nevada, I believe it was, mm-hmm. like through the Vegas desert area. Mm-hmm. And her car, like she lost, no, no, it's not that she lost AC, it's that it was starting to overheat because mm-hmm. it was so hot outside. Mm-hmm. And so apparently she had to turn off the AC because the AC made the car Hotter. run harder. Yeah. And she literally thought, okay, well, she was driving with her now husband. And my understanding of the story is that he was like concerned for her because she was starting to get kind of like delirious Mm -hmm. as they were making their way through kind of like the hottest part of the desert. And then they made it, but it was almost like a life or death thing. And that was just one trip through Las Vegas with no air conditioning. Oh, poor Larissa. At a a drop top. She's got, she's got her goals set up though. She says, number one, get married. Number two, get that green card. And number three, buy a car with AC. I mean, those are not bad goals. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the third one was take over the world. No. You know, she just wants some fucking AC. Although if I were her, I'd move it to number one. I yeah, me too. Actually, just in terms of time. Yeah, I mean, she she says too. She says what we've all what we've been saying since the beginning. Yeah. That her expectation of the United States was New York, Beverly or Hills, Beverly Hills, or Hollywood. Hollywood. From the movies, and, and which this, is so ridiculous. And, and Vegas doesn't look anything like. What she had expected. She says it's not her American dream. No. Well, I mean, I hear you, sister. I mean. <laughs> and then this is a direct quote. In future, I would like not live here. Here is a nightmare. <laughs> My expectation was like a movie. This is like Mars. Yeah. She is. Although I have to agree with her. If I had to live in Vegas, I probably would think it was my nightmare well, too. Not just... And with Colt and Debbie. <laughs> and his final line, I think, of the episode was a real barn burner. He says, uh, you know, he says something like, oh, she's not happy with anything in Vegas. I'm terrified of bringing her home to my mother and my cats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which he's like more concerned oh about. God. The well-being of. The well-being of a uh, baby girl <laughs> Cookie dough. Cookie dough and sugar. Oh my god. I can't. I just... This uh, this whole experience for Larissa has been just one disappointment after another. Well, but this is why I take some issue with her is... It seems to me, from the outside looking in, that she just isn't actually taking any of this very seriously. Like, it's, like it's sort of just option A for her. You know, it was like the... Well, I think she has to take it like that. I mean, she spent time with Colt before, right? Colt- yeah, but not she much. calls Colty. Yeah, um, She spent time with him. She she knew at least on a personal level what she, to expect from him. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But, I doubt he put on airs, you know, of being okay, different than he, he really is. I agree. So she got that piece. But I think she was thinking, I can get over the fact that he's not working out these, for these next two weeks. I can get past the stupid beard. I can get past all that. But I think where it really hit her is she thought, 
I can get past all that because we're going to be living in this fabulous city and True. we're going to have this fabulous life, even if his mother's there. Like, he, she's just envisioning, like, Melania Trump as his mother. And like, or that they can kind of make a change. Like they can move away from Vegas. Maybe they can move away from. Well, but I don't think she even had like such a negative um, expectation of Vegas. I agree. I think she just really thought it was going to be like Beverly Hills, and so now she's got there. And a Colt is exactly what she expected him to be. Like no flowers. He's just kind of a big dud. But then on top of that, they're in this hellhole that's super hot there's no AC and it's Vegas it's just the desert it's everything she hates and she's just like could this get any worse and we'll find out when she goes to Colt's house that yeah it can because not only does he have this mom that's a little bit awkward and their relationship's a little bit creepy but then he's got these three cats that he puts in dresses and and she's gonna be the um Six wheel? <laughs> I can't count that. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> she's totally going to She's going to be mean, the interloper. Mom's afraid of, like, being left behind. What's a beautiful Brazilian woman next to your mother and your three cats? <laughs> Unwelcome. Oh, my God. She And she's going to be even more. I mean, the, the disappointment level for Loris is just going to be extreme. Which is why I think she prioritizes getting married and getting a green card over getting a car with AC. Because... She needs. To, She's got her priorities. She needs an exit straight. strategy. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see, honestly, how this ends up. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it could go any which way. Well, it could be a situ- It could be like this. Could be her like means to an end, right? She wants to be in America. She clearly wants to be in Hollywood or Beverly Hills or New York or whatever, and so she needs someone to get her in. And Colty is her guy, right? She's going to marry him, get a green card gonna be like a very Danielle Muhammad situation where like she marries him she gets a green card and then she's like I'm out of here yeah but you know what I'll I'll see that and, and I'll, she can even and marry I'll... Muhammad for all we care that's true I think he's still like lurking around Florida or it seemed <laughs> like he was but I'll see you that and raise you one George and Anfisa who like from day one we all believed that she was going to marry him Leave him as soon as she got her green card and simply go find someone who was actually rich. I mean, she came out and said that she was essentially a gold digger. And yet they are still together, even though he's in prison. And, I mean, it seems like he doesn't have a lot of money. She left the show. She's she's totally dropped her affiliation with 90 Day Are you sure? Yeah, I just... When I was doing my deep dive into John and and, uh, Fernanda, it said that she's done. And so I don't know if that means she's done with him because he's still in prison or if she, if she just she definitely cut ties with 90 day fiance and said she's not yeah but it seemed like they had cut ties with 90 day fiance before before yeah, and then they came back updates <coughs> i'm just saying no but my point isn't about 90 day fiance it's, it's just about that together. the fact that she still hasn't like done what we all absolutely expected her of well, anyone maybe to she do. can't find anybody but she's beautiful and yeah. young and she's been on tv too so that can be alluring yeah. especially in like you know, California, for example. Yeah, and that's where she is. So I just don't, I don't get it. You you haven't, I don't think we have seen yet a situation where the foreigner left the American and then basically found greener pastures in the United States. Because I really don't count Muhammad. I mean, I don't think he's remarried. No, he's not. Uh, you know, I don't, we don't really know he's what happened to him. He's still trying to figure out himself. And he met up with that chick that's like kind of worse. 
that yeah. woman that he went to that he moved to Florida with. That, yeah, but I think they I think we saw them break up. Yeah, that's like a bad or if thing. they were even together. But the point is, you keep expecting these things. We keep expecting these things to happen that it's sort of a true green card marriage where the foreigner is then going to go, you know, off into the United States and kind of make their way in the world and it is not it has yet to happen. Well, but you have to understand though, these, <coughs> are, these people are financially dependent on on the people that they marry, the American that they marry. Well, plus the green card takes a while. It and takes they can't a while, work. and then they have to find a job, and then they're going to have to get themselves out of the shithole town that they're stuck in. Like, she's got to find her way out of Vegas. Well, plus, we don't actually know what these people are doing. I have no idea what Anfisa is actually doing with yeah, her time. That's true. So it's ridiculous of me to, like, say with authority, oh, she's not. You know, doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, no, that's so. true. We don't know, but I just, oh God. But I am happy that this show has been going on for so many seasons. And the reason I'm happy about that is because it's, and it's getting more, ever more popular. It suggests to me that we are actually over time, kind of like with the house, house housewives, excuse me, going to have the opportunity to really follow their, some of them, not all of them, but like mm-hmm. maybe the more interesting ones follow their like long-term mm-hmm. life dramas. You know, like I mentioned the other day about Ramona Singer going to that psychic in Morocco oh, yeah. and that person and and we've been following her for so long that by the time it actually did come out that her husband was cheating on her as the psychic suggested we forgot we had forgotten about that entire thing I know so imagine like what Anfisa in five years is going to be up to and whether we have the great privilege of <laughs> following <seeing> that journey <laughs> no, to I its agree. bitter end I'm excited to see. I can't wait till next um, week because, you know, it's just going to get better. Well, it'll be interesting to see if it's another one of these, like, jumbo episodes or if it's going to be 45 minutes. And <gasps> I hope it's a jumbo. Episode. And I do think that in the interim, we'll be able to drop a archive before the 90-day episode. Oh, yeah. So sure. that's my goal. So definitely mm-hmm. stay tuned. Um, I don't think that our podcast is up yet on Apple Podcasts. I think that's the one that we're really kind of waiting for, and I don't really know what's going on with that um but i'm hopeful and i i'll probably put up on our facebook page any sort of news um regarding our distributor ship yes um updates so anyway until next time thanks for joining us bye bye legal disclaimer this is a personal podcast just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.